Alabama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama, Luke Robinson. That's me, Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm good, primarily because we didn't stay up to two in the morning with a post-game podcast. <laughs> it is funny. This is the truth, y'all. In the middle of that stink fest that was the first, I don't know, 25 minutes of that game against Vanderbilt, uh, Jimmy and I were texting, and we had planned on doing a post-game podcast, you know, win, lose, or draw, whatever. I was so frustrated. I said, Jimmy – I'm not only not doing a podcast tonight, I may never do one again. This this team <laughs> is killing me. And then a light came on. I mean, it, even though it was only a brief light, it, it didn't last the entire rest of the game. But the team started playing really, really well. And I think it was all spurred by Javon Quinterly. Yep. Yeah, uh, JQ uh... – responded well to his uh to his benching he's clearly not doing the things defensively that uh Nate Oates would like to see but offensively uh he's still a thing even when he doesn't shoot well last night he did shoot well and and hopefully that's a sign of things to come because when JQ is playing really really well we're just a different basketball team and if we get JQ JD Keon Shaq all of them playing well that's when we do things like beat last year's final four teams. This year's team beat three final four teams from a year ago. It's funny. I see things all the time from people on social media. We'll never get out of the first round. We'll never win a second round game. We've This team has beaten three teams that were in the final four. So, yeah, we're really capable of making a, uh, a deep, run at this thing capable uh are we also capable of losing the first round uh sure sure we are uh but let, let's just I, I think the focus needs to be very saban like luke it needs to be on the process which means we have to focus on getting better and not worrying about the results yeah I, i'm i'm with you on that and there were some things that got better um there were some things that that still remain the same i'm Looking at the stats, JQ did shoot much better. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 3 uh, from beyond the arc. And um, as I'm getting a phone call, sorry about that. Uh, but he was also 4 of 4 from the line, and he hit two really big free throws in a clutch moment, and he's getting so much better at that. We had been begging for him to get better at that, and he is better at that now. So i got to give him a ton of credit for that. Uh, another guy that I thought played well. Here's the thing. I think everybody that um, that played the best was uh, was on the bench or came off the bench, didn't start. Um, Keon Ellis played okay. He played a little better. It's it's weird to me. He had 34 minutes, 10 points. He was five or six from the line, which I appreciate. Um, and he got – I think he was fouled on two, three-point shots. But I would still say Keon's not Keon just yet. Um, right. J.D. Davison, 33 minutes, three of eight from the field, one of five from beyond the arc. Um, he did have 10 rebounds, which, I mean, that's one thing I got to give J.D. Look, he had a – it felt – they say he had five turnovers. It felt like he had 30. It yeah. really did. There's no way His, it was only five. There's just there's no, no way, way it was only five. Now, um, here, 
the one thing that I got to give him credit for, though, is he keeps fighting on the rebounds. And I appreciate that. He led the team in rebounds again. And one other thing that is at least mildly concerning, Charles Bediaco fouls out in 11 minutes. Six, I mean, his minutes, I mean, his production per minute were good. Um, six points, uh, two blocks, four rebounds, an assist, two of two from the stripe. That's not bad. But when you only play 11, when you only play 11 minutes, the problem is he fouled out. We just couldn't have him out there. Now, I think some of the fouls were, you know, a little bit touchy, but I, I've been calling for the refs to be uh, tighter with the whistle. So I can't complain about that. The one other thing I want to say about this game, um, for the second game in a row, uh, a coach lights into an official, the, op- the opposing coach lights into the official to, to the point where I felt like they both deserved ticks in Calipari and Stackhouse last night. And even the announcers agreed they in both games they needed ticks. They didn't get them, and their teams go on big runs. Um, it's I guess that's good coaching, but I hate that the officials are swallowing the whistles in those moments because it's really killing us. Because we had a what a nine point lead or something like that, and then all of a sudden Jerry Stackhouse has a conniption on a ref who had his whistle in his mouth a few times. He doesn't blow it to give him the tick. And uh, I think down the stretch in the last four minutes, we have nine fouls. Vandy gets three in those final four minutes. And they're the ones trying to catch up to us. Yeah, uh, I thought the, 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 the crazy thing to me when Stackhouse was uh, was losing it, when he was uh, blowing his stack, uh, w- w- there was just a bad call against Alabama right before it. I mean, a, 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 a terrible call and how they blew that review on what was clearly the intentional foul on uh, what was about to be a run out by Shaq, and they literally grab him without even – there was no play on the ball whatsoever. How they reviewed that and, and, and said it's not uh, an intentional foul, I, I, you know, I, I, I've, I've just tried to stop figuring out SEC officials. And, again, it's not that they're they're crooked. They're just really bad at it. I mean, they're, they're, it's just terrible – Every freaking game, it's terrible, and it's yeah. Alabama's aided by it and hurt by it, and uh, all of it. And uh, it's funny that Oates is the one that gets ejected, and there, there's no tax on the opposing coaches, despite over the top stuff. Um, but whatever. Hey, all that matters is uh, now what? Uh, I believe the tide is 18 and 10, eight and seven overall. Um, you know, it's been a pretty rare thing, I didn't realize it until late last night, but uh. Winning 20 games in the regular season hasn't been something that's happened a lot at Alabama in the last 15, 18, 20 years. Uh, winning 20 games is, is going to be a big deal, uh, and, and Alabama can do it with just two more home wins. Uh, and the fact that they've done it against the number one schedule is uh, is amazing. So as frustrating as they are, as angry as we can get watching them play, as 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 you can just feel Coach Oates' frustration, what they've accomplished is in, is really good. It really is. And, Jimmy, we'll talk about an article you had that was great for OWN3 about uh, basketball in Alabama and the uh, top 10 teams of all time before Alabama. But right now I want to tell you about Built Bar. 
Uh, you know, you've probably given up on your New Year's resolutions, but don't. You can start on eating Built Bars right now. You can get the great taste and you can start losing weight. Have you tried their puffs? They're delicious. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bar uh, items they have. It's just awesome tasting. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That's right, protein-infused marshmallow. I never thought I'd say those three words together. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're yeah, You deserve a treat today. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. All oh, these are so good. You need to go check them out. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, and high fiber, low carb. Also, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off that order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off that order at built.com, built bars. These things are awesome. Go check them out. Jimmy and I love them. Also, BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season and any season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, golf, whatever you want. Go to BetOnline.net. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, so you did a great article for OWN3. You had the top 10 basketball seasons for the University of Alabama all time. You had some oldies and goodies in there. Um, You had some surprises. And um, why don't you just tell everybody about it? I'll let you just rant. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I, I certainly worked on it enough to where I, I remember it well. You know, what what stood out to me about doing it is I wasn't sure where I would land when I started the project. I, I, did, I didn't come, I, I came into it with the idea, Luke, that that maybe the number one team should be the 04 team that, uh, that made it to the Elite Eight. And I sort of went in with the idea that that would be my, my top team. And if that wasn't my top team of uh, you know, maybe it would be the the '87 team, and 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 you know that that's the team of my cognizant lifetime that I remember really well. I mean, I, I could I name that starting lineup without looking it up. I mean, I know that's the Connor Godfrey, you know, Farmer, uh, Ainsley, uh, uh, Derek McKee team. Uh, I just know that it is, uh, and, and I thought that might be number one. Uh, I, I knew the Rocket Eight would would likely be in there, even though I didn't remember or know a ton about them. Um, and, and the team I thought wouldn't rank too high was last year's team. I, I figured last year's team would be in the top 10 somewhere. Uh, I was surprised that I ranked them as high as I did. But really what I looked at, Luke, was about four or five categories. I didn't so much look at one wins and losses during the regular season. I looked at accomplishment. And by that, I meant, okay, uh, did you make it to the Elite Eight? Did you make it to the Sweet 16? Those are accomplishments. Did you win the SEC regular season? Did you win the SEC tournament? Uh, those were the things I really focused on. I think a team that wins a lot of games but but doesn't win a championship and doesn't advance in the NCAA tournament, th- there's no way that team should be among a, a top 10 team. You got to do one or the other. You got you to win a championship in the regular season or do something spectacular in the postseason. And when I got down to 10 teams, I had to leave some out that were good. 
not every Sweet 16 team made the list, Luke. Not every SEC championship team made the list, which, which shows that we've had so many really good seasons. But at the same time, I'm compiling the list. I'm like, boy, if Kentucky fans read this, they're going to laugh themselves to sleep. I mean, Kentucky's had, you know, 35 seasons better than any of our best 10. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we're, 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 we realize that we don't have that sort of history. We're still trying to build that. But uh, overall, I settled on the 1976 team as the best Alabama team of all time. I did it for a couple of reasons. They did have the great regular season because they won the SEC. They did have a great NCAA tournament showing. Now, back then, it was a 32-team tournament, not 64. So Alabama only, only won one game in that tournament and not two. They just won one. But who did they beat? They beat North Carolina and, and, and a North Carolina team in the 70s when North Carolina was really, really good. Uh, and, and then get to what is today's Sweet 16. And they played the eventual national champion, Indiana. But not only was Indiana the national champion that year, Luke, they, this was Bobby Knight's famous undefeated Indiana team, one of the few teams that's ever, ever done that, played the whole college basketball season without losing. Well, they almost lost to Alabama. In fact, I don't remember all the circumstances. I tried to look it up, but there was a disputed call late in that game that Alabama fans swear went the wrong way. And, and, and had they called it the correct way per Alabama fans, Alabama probably wins that game. But it, it was a nail-biter down to the final minute, sort of decided by that one call, uh, and Indiana won the game uh, when Bobby Knight was interviewed uh, you know, for his big uh, book uh, talking about his special 1976 season. He says that the best team Indiana played all year was that Alabama team. So as far as – and they did finish sixth in the AP poll. So as far as I'm concerned, when, when, when the champion says you were the second-best team, when you won the SEC, uh, when, when you took the champion to the final minute, uh, I just settled on, you know, that that really is the best Alabama team of all time. And it had stars like T.R. Dunn and uh, Leon Douglas and Reggie King. Yeah, that was an amazing team. Of course, I was only four, so I don't remember a ton about it. But, uh, yeah, just an amazing team, there's no doubt. Um, well, Jimmy has left the building. Jimmy has absolutely left the building right now. I have no idea why. Hopefully, he will be back with us. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, hopefully, Jimmy will be rejoining us here with Locked on Bama. All right, awkward pause while we wait for Jimmy. And um, we also uh, got a few other things to say. Hopefully, Jimmy will be back. I think he hit the wrong button. That sounds like a Jimmy thing, right? I mean, it really does. Um that's sort of his deal. But uh, really quickly, Jeremy Pruitt was just hired by the Birmingham Stallions as to be their head coach. That is, I mean, literally as we're doing this podcast. And um, that is bizarre. But, uh, hey, that's great for Jeremy Pruitt. Hopefully he gets his um, act in order and he all this smoke from Tennessee is able to dissipate. And then maybe he's able to come back to Alabama in some capacity as a defensive coordinator or something later on, because I love Jeremy Pruitt as a recruiter. I love him as a coach. Don't know that I want him as a head coach at Alabama, but I would like him to be at Alabama in some capacity eventually. And I think going to the Birmingham Stallions and getting um, getting himself straightened out in terms of maybe reputationally, 
I think that would be a huge moment for him to eventually be able to come back to the college game and hopefully at Alabama. The other thing I was going to bring up today, and I hope Jimmy can join me. I don't know that he will. I think he is driven off a cliff. But uh, yesterday was 2-22-22. That will not happen again in our lifetime. Um, but I, I found it very interesting. And one thing I tweeted out yesterday was, okay, who's your favorite number two at Alabama all time? There may be some people who say Colin Sexton, you know, the younger generation or Derrick Henry, which I totally get. Derrick Henry uh, certainly should be in the conversation for it. There's no doubt. Patrick Sertan, awesome, fantastic player, uh, certainly deserves some consideration or at least an honorable mention. But I'm, I'm just such a big David Palmer guy. And I put some highlights out there on the Twitterverse. And if you have, if you're young and you're listening to this and you didn't get to see David Palmer, let me, let me just tell you, I went to Alabama from 91 to 95. So I was there at the exact same time that David Palmer was there. I was an SAE at Alabama at that time. And the, at the time, the, the athletic dorm was right next to the SAE house. And so the football players would come over and play at the SAE house, play basketball. And we had one of those goals that was, you know, nine feet or nine and a half feet, whatever it was. So everybody loved to dunk on it. And uh, Daryl Blackburn came out there and played. Man, he was a beast. Um, Langham would come out there. Palmer would come out there. And then I would also play with Palmer at the rec center at Alabama back in the day. Y'all, y'all just don't know. Y'all don't know how good an athlete this guy was. He was, he was different. And I, people say that now, and it's so cliche, like he's built different. Palmer was built different. He was just different. He, he could make anything happen. And it, his size was totally irrelevant, uh, respective to his athletic ability. It was insane. And then if you just go back and watch some of the highlights on YouTube from, say, the Colorado Blockbuster Bowl, there were 17 people at that Blockbuster Bowl, 17 of them. I knew 14 of them because I know some people from Ellick City who went. Um, it was That would, may have been one of the catalysts for saying, okay, we we might have to do some different things with these bowls because, uh, boy, that was a not well-attended game. Regardless, Colorado had a good team that year. Alabama had a good team that year. Alabama had only lost one game in 91 to Florida. They got shut out. I think it was 31 to nothing or 35 to nothing, something like that. And, um, by the way, I'm still pissed. Robert Stewart had a safety on Shane Matthews in that game. And uh, they said he was down at the one-inch line, which was BS. That may have turned the whole game around, but it doesn't matter. Um, Palmer had an incredible game. All you got to do is go back and watch his punt return where four Colorado guys are converging on him the moment he catches it, and he makes them all miss. And then he makes one of the Colorado uh, coverage guys literally do the splits. He jukes him so bad. Then he gets face-masked, and it doesn't get called, but he still scores a touchdown. He Palmer was just – different and he was different in a Gene Stallings Mal Moore offense. Do you know how hard that is to be dynamic in a Mal Moore offense? God bless Mal Moore. Mal Moore will forever hold a fantastic place in our hearts because he hired Nick Saban and he wouldn't stop until he did. At the same time his offenses were literally watching grass grow. They they were so boring. Now they were successful, but they were just boring. And can you imagine David Palmer with Steve Sarkeesian with with Lane Kiffin, oh my God, he he would have been the first two time Heisman winner in one year. He he was dynamic, he was fun, he was unbelievable. Go look at the Ole Miss game 
Um, I think that was it was ninety three Ole Miss game where uh, it was in Jackson, I believe they played, and Barker was hurt, and um, Palmer had to play quarterback a lot. And man, it, it, they knew he was running it; they couldn't do anything about it. He he was phenomenal. Let's go look at the Tennessee game in in ninety three when they tied us, or we tied them, I should say, because they had to leave, and um, we Palmer basically brings us back on his back. He, he was unbelievable. And because he didn't have a touchdown in the national championship game, uh, because he didn't win a Heisman Trophy, um, I, I think he gets overlooked a little bit. Derrick Henry is is also different. There's no doubt about it. And I love Derrick Henry, and he's easily in my top ten favorite Alabama players of all time. But I fluctuate between Derrick Thomas and um, and David Palmer as my favorite players of all time. And, uh, boy, right now, just remembering on 2-22-22, I think I would have to lean towards uh, David Palmer for the moment. He, he was just a thing, man. He was a phenom. I don't know that we'll ever see another guy like him. If you really want to dig into the archives of YouTube, go check out some of his highlights from his days at Jackson Olin. He had a punt return one time where he's returning and he gets to the 10-yard line or maybe the 8-yard line, something like that. He seems to be running full speed, and a guy is coming at him at a perpendicular angle, like coming straight for him, like easily going to tackle him. Palmer stops, and the guy just runs right in front of him. He stops on a dime. I, anybody else does that, they blow out their Achilles, their ACLs, their MCLs, their the, the rotator cuffs. They blow out everything, tear a retina. But Palmer is able to do it because he had such incredible body control. Just, just an unbelievable athlete. For those too young to know, I'm telling you, Google, YouTube, all that with David Palmer, and you will be thrilled to death. As we're wrapping up, Jimmy has joined us again. Uh, Jimmy, I, 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 I'm going to let you – you got one minute to tell me who your favorite number two player in Alabama history is, because I just went on this whole soliloquy about my favorite player number two. You've got one minute. My favorite number two, and it's not even close. It's 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 by a billion miles. Is uh, David Palmer? David okay. Palmer. That's who I picked. He's my favorite number two. By he's my favorite Alabama football player of all time. Uh, and uh yeah just just absolutely absolutely my favorite as a matter of fact there's there's nothing i don't even know that i can name another number two i mean that's how well derrick henry changes number three times and i'm still upset about all of that uh i'm i'm, I'm mad that that you're allowed to do that so uh, i don't like that derrick henry was number two once he was also other numbers that i don't even care to remember uh, so, I do remember he wore number 27 on the 80-yard touchdown against Arkansas when he came in. And I'll, this, I'll never forget this. I was at that game sitting in a skybox with some folks. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't own the skybox. I'm just there because I kiss up to people who do have skyboxes. And um, I said, I said as he comes in the game, somebody said, you know, I've heard he's pretty good. And I said, yeah, but he's going to end up at linebacker. That play, he scores an 80-yard <laughs> touchdown. And they said, what a linebacker. And I said, what a dumbass for me. All right, buddy, we got to go. But uh, roll tide, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Roll tide.